once upon a time, right by a great forest, dwelt a poor woodcutter with his wife and two children. The boy was called Hansel and the girl Gretel. And they had little to eat. And once, when great dearth fell upon the land, they could no longer procure even daily bread. Now, as the woodcutter tossed about in his anxiety, he groaned and he said to his wife, What is to become of us? How are we to feed our poor children when we no longer have anything even for ourselves? The righteous person doesn't follow wicked advice, doesn't stand on the road of sinners, and doesn't sit with the disrespectful. Instead of doing those things, these persons love the Lord's instruction, and they recite God's instruction day and night. I'll tell you what, husband, answered the woman. Early tomorrow morning, we will take the children out into the forest where it is the thickest. There, we will light a fire for them and give each of them one more piece of bread. And then we will go to our work and leave them alone. They will not find their way home again, and we shall be rid of them. No, wife, said the man, I will not do that. How can I bear to leave my children alone in the forest? The wild animals would soon come and tear them to pieces. Oh, you fool, she said. Then we must all four die of hunger. You may as well plane the planks for our coffins. And she left him no peace until he consented. But I feel very sorry for the poor children all the same, said the man. They are like a tree planted by streams of water, which bears fruit at just the right time and whose leaves don't fade. Whatever they do succeeds. That's not true for the wicked. They are like the dust that the wind blows away, and that's why the wicked will have no standing in the court of justice. Neither will sinners in the assembly of the righteous. The two children had not been able to get to sleep because of their hunger. And when they had heard what their stepmother had said to their father, Gretel wept bitter tears and said to Hansel, Now all is over with us. Be quiet, Gretel, said Hansel. Do not distress yourself. I will soon find a way to help us. And when the old folks had gone to, gone to sleep, he got up, put on his little coat, and opened the door below and crept outside. Now, Hansel found some stones that glowed in the moonlight. And as they were led into the forest, he left a trail so that when they were stranded, they could find their way home. The couple decided to give it another go to get rid of the children. And this time Hansel uses bread to make a trail. And it is eaten up by the birds. And they are lost in the woods until they find a little house. And when they approached the little house, they saw that it was built of bread and covered with cakes. But the windows were of clear sugar.
We will set to work on that, said Hansel, and have a good meal. I will eat a bit of the roof, and you, Gretel, can eat some of the window. It will taste so sweet. Hansel reached up above, and he broke off a little piece of the roof to try how it tasted. And Gretel leaned against the window and nibbled at the panes. Then a soft voice cried from the parlor, Nibble, nibble, nah! Who is nibbling at my house? The children went on eating without disturbing themselves. Hansel, who liked the taste of the roof, tore down a, a great piece of it, and Gretel pushed the whole round part of the window pane out and sat down and enjoyed herself. Suddenly, the door opened, and a woman as old as the hills, who supported herself on crutches, came creeping out. Hansel and Gretel were so terribly frightened that they let fall what they had in their hands. The old woman, however, nodded her head and said, Oh, you dear children, who has brought you here? Do come in and stay with me. No harm shall happen to you. She took them both by the hand and led them into her little house. Then good food was set before them, milk and pancakes with sugar and apple and nuts. Afterwards, two pretty little beds were covered with clean white linen, and Hansel and Gretel lay down in them, and they thought that they were in heaven. The old woman had only pretended to be so kind. She was in reality a wicked witch who lay in wait for children and had only built the little house of bread in order to entice them there. When a child fell into her power, she killed it, cooked it, and ate it. And that was a feast day for her. You see, Witches have red eyes, and they cannot see far, but they have a keen scent like beasts, and they are aware when human beings draw near. Hansel, she threw him into a cage to be fattened up, and each day he was to stick his finger for the witch to feel so that she would know when he was fattened up enough for eating. Each day, Hansel, knowing that she couldn't see well, would stick out a, an old chicken bone to fool the old witch. However, the day came when the witch was ready to feast no matter what. Early in the morning, Gretel had to go out and hang up the cauldron with water and light the fire. We will bake first, said the old woman. I have already heated the oven and kneaded the dough. She pushed poor Gretel out to, out to the oven, from which flames of fire were already darting. Get in, said the witch, and see that it is properly heated, so that we can put the bread in. And once Gretel was inside, the witch intended to shut the oven and 
let her bake in it, and then she would eat her too. But Gretel, she saw what the witch had in mind and said, I don't know how to do it. How am I going to get in? Silly goose, said the old woman. The door is big enough. Just look. I can get in myself. And she crept up and she put her head in the oven. And then Gretel gave her a big push and drove her far into it and shut the iron door and fastened the bolts. With the witch dead, the children looted the house and escaped by way of an enchanted duck, which carried them safely across a river. And after they had walked for a short time, the forest seemed to be more and more familiar to them. And at length, they saw from afar their father's house. And they began to run. They rushed into the parlor and they threw themselves round their father's neck. The man had not known one happy hour since he had left his children in the forest. The woman, she was dead. The children shared the loot from the witch's house and they all lived happily ever after. The Lord is immediately acquainted with the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked is destroyed. So the woodcutter, nice guy who goes along with a plan to kill his kids twice. Now some of us, we have relationship baggage with our parents, but Hansel and Gretel, they have a boatload. The writer of Psalm number one breaks the world into the, the righteous and the wicked. The witch and the stepmom, no question the story, wicked. But the woodcutter, what say you? The psalm writer says something interesting to me. The righteous person doesn't follow wicked advice, doesn't stand on the road of sinners, and doesn't sit with the disrespectful. Maybe the woodcutter would have been a good guy, a righteous person, if he hadn't have chosen to surround himself with the poison of a hateful, angry spouse. What is the effect of what and whom we choose to surround ourselves? I love post-apocalyptic storytelling. I, I do. Battlestar Galactica, The Road, even The Hunger Games and The Walking Dead. But here's the thing. My family will vouch for this, that if I binge too much on that kind of literature, my outlook starts to change. I start to change. And I've heard people say the same thing about watching the news, doom scrolling. Or what happens when they spend too much time on Facebook, video games. So what about you? How do the stories, the people, and the news that surround you, how does that affect you? And don't pretend that it doesn't have an effect. 
That's, that's just lying to yourself. Are there things in your life that you stand and sit with that pull you down a dark path? You know, the story, the fairy tale, never says how the stepmom died. How dark did the woodcutter get? I guess it comes down to this. Each of us makes choices each day about whom and what we surround ourselves with. And yes, I, I know, there's a lot that we don't choose too. But our choices do matter. They affect us mentally and they affect us spiritually. So let's be careful, mindful, of what and whom we choose to make part of our lives. Because it matters. It may be the difference between a happy life and one that is not so much. You pray with me. The Lord is our shepherd. We lack nothing. God lets us rest in grassy meadows. God leads us to restful waters. God keeps us alive. We are guided in proper paths for the sake of goodness. And even when we walk through the darkest forest, we need fear no danger because you, God, are with us. Amen.